night. Hello, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, my name is Frank Lavinia, and with me is Andy Leonard, who I still need to recreate a lower third for you. <laughs> it's all groovy. All groovy, brother. <laughs> Just like that new intro, right? That's right. I was, uh, I was, it had a little bit of like metal going with the techno there. I was banging a little. It sounds a bit like the, um, the theme to the uh, IT crowd. Yeah, yeah. Had a little bit of that vibe to it. So I actually mixed that up um, early this morning. So Excellent. I uh, was getting tired of uh, using the, the built-in ones to restream. Yeah, so. it's all good. But, you know, um, today is our first day where it is just me and Christy here at uh, Casa de Leonard. The, um, Stevie Ray is actually on vacation. He graduated school 2021. Yeah graduated in may of 2021 tried to go into navy couldn't get in long long story they um he um his back is too crooked uh, so he went out like a week later and got a job as an electrician he's been doing that for almost a year now and he decided since he didn't get a senior trip that him and his friends like there's like seven of them they put their money together they rented a place down at topsail island there off of the in the outer banks of north carolina Nice. Yeah, they went down Saturday and they've had a little bit of drama. It hasn't been anything abnormal for them. There seems every time they go somewhere, they went somewhere New Year's Eve, there seems to be a trip to the ER involved. Oi. I'll just just leave everybody. Everybody's good both times. Everybody's been good both times that's happened. But um but yeah, they're they're down there and our younger children Emma started school yesterday and Riley started today. So we're just hanging out here, having a big time. Wow. So you guys go back to school early, it seems. Yeah, they get out in May. So it's. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. We're, um, so, you know, the dog days of August there in, in the county's air conditioning. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's and pretty we cool. bandwidth. <laughs> ah, I was, you came in a little clearer today. So I was wondering what that was about what's up yeah cool um so what's going so, on with you and your gang at casa de la Vina? um well we go with the francophone thing shay levine <laughs> so um but uh the kids are uh one kid's in camp and the other kid is um just hanging out playing video games this week uh they don't go back to school till after labor day Wow. So, well, see, when I was growing up, that's how it was. And I yeah. mean, I grew up one county over. It wasn't that big, big of a deal. here. So, But yeah, it was, you know, and we'd get out in like mid-June. That was yeah, that's our, about what we did too. Uh, you know, 10, somewhere between the 10th and the 20th of June. And, you know, either way, but you, it's, you, you got like, um, it's like, like you said, it's about a month difference there between the two. And I think the kids like this a little bit better. They're kind of getting restless with summer about August. And it's, you know, it's not fun outside when the humidity is 120%. And, you know, the heat index is nearing 200. I'm exaggerating. However, it feels I think that the way. heat index is like 106 here in Maryland today. I would so, be surprised. I don't know what hours is, but um, yeah, it's hot. We're at some elevation, so it's not as bad. We're probably, it. it it's a little drier, but not. It's still yeah. miserable. Like, I'm still inside. Like, <laughs> you know. I want to say we're around 500, 400, 500 feet up. So not yeah, as well, much elevation six, as you. 650, according to my phone. So 680, according to the county. But There you go. So who knows who's right? <laughs> yeah. But I know you've got some cool stuff going on. You haven't just been making snap, snappy new intro videos. No, not doing that. Um, we've, uh, for those that are watching, we've uh, introduced an, uh, a virtual version of Bailey visually. Uh, so she's nice. been taking, she took over the AI, sh uh, the quantum show. Uh, nice. And she's getting a lot of traffic, a lot more traffic, I think, than I get. So um, it's a bit <laughs> <What's> jealous. <that? laughs> uh, people like Bailey. What can I say? What can I say? It's kind of like so. So it turns out that I was I was um, got down a YouTube hole the other day talking about Max Hedrum, um, and Max Hedrum was an American character created by British people, 
as a caricature of American TV pre presenters. So Bailey's like the inverse of that, isn't she? Yeah. Like to but a, not, and not a caricature, really. She's not a character. She's just a no. nice British AI lady. And, um, you know, you and I, was, uh, I think you hooked me. She's like a snarky me. version of Emma Watson. That's, that's how I describe her. That could work. And you sent me a link to um, a YouTube channel, The Y Files. And yes. I, ho I hope you're proud of yourself because I've <laughs> lost tons of I'm sorry, I shouldn't have caught you while you're drinking. I've caught a, I've lost a lot of minutes there. Usually it's during like my lunch break and stuff. I'll go downstairs and watch YouTube on TV. I just watched the episode where he was talking about is the moon hollow. I think that was. The oh, that's one. the I think that's the newest one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I sent that to you because like I, I went down the Y files rabbit hole. So for those that are wondering what the heck are Frank and Andy talking about? There's a YouTube right. channel called the Y files. W H Y. W H Y. Right. I think it's like a takeoff on the X-Files because he covers kind of like unexplained kind of stuff. And he, he gives kind of like, this is what people say. This is what the science says, that sort of thing. And my favorite, favorite part of the show isn't the guy. It's the character. It's Hecklefish. That he has. It's Hecklefish. So he has a guy. Hecklefish is awesome. Hecklefish is my favorite. And um, he, he, he kind of, if you listen to the Jerky Boys, he sounds a bit like the Saul Rosenberg character. But he's got... <laughs> He's got a straight up, not just New York accent, but like kind of like a uh, like a Queens accent, not Queens like you know Queens New York accent. So he sounds like this. He kind of sounds a bit if you if if Saul Rosenberg character and and Jordan Belfort had a baby, it would sound like Hecklefish. <laughs> and he like is, the Hecklefish is epic in the moon Hepple, is hollow. Oh my God! He, like there's another epic. one, the Edgar Casey. Anytime the funny. moon comes up, you know, anytime right. the moon. Oh is yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a line. And the guy just goes with it. it. It's it's excellent. I love the way they play off each other. That that was yep. when I saw that, and I was like, you know, we got to do something more like that with Bailey, because uh, yes. right, you know, prior to that, prior to that, and me getting my hands on some new software. Yeah. Uh, Bailey just did the beginning, the intros and the outros. So that's kind of. So I was like, well, what if we developed her like a character, kind of like that, and. Uh, so that's kind of where we're going with that, in case you're wondering. And so, as we do more video. I, I have to interject here. When Frank says sure. we, means him. <laughs> He's been doing all this. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a blast. modest. <laughs> we're, um, I think I showed you a demo reel of Qubit, which is uh, an idea that um, yes. coming up with. Just have to find a less annoying voice. <laughs> Cubit's cool. I, that's got a potential written all over it, and I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you. Certainly, were you can agree with agree me with you about the voice? Well, the funny, yeah, you were like, I didn't even listen to the whole thing. Like <laughs> the voice was just like chalkboard scratching. It, it was bad. Yeah, I have to. I, I have mean, to I mean, dial I get, it down. I get what you were doing. Yeah, I have to dial so it down. You'll a find bit. something. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can do a little experiment now. Actually, he's going to do a voice. Everybody. Keep Hello. your hands inside the vehicle. How does that sound? That sounds neat. I like it. That's like the auto-tune type thing. You know, it's a little sing-songy down a cave. Yeah. That's I like I like both both aspects of that. Speaking of cave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the new house. And the new house's basement is very large. That's it. Alright, so I turned that off. The cool thing is that now I can, in like in a live stream, add kind of rim shots. So when I tell a joke, like pretty convenient, like that. So we had um, that before, but you you were doing it what through the uh, stream deck or something? No, it was through Zencaster. So we don't use Zencaster oh, anymore. We right. when we do the live streams, we use we use uh, uh, restream. restream, and then when we do the recordings, we tend to use Microsoft Teams now uh, because. It's it. There were some. Zencaster is an awesome product, but they had some. I haven't tried it lately. Supposedly they they rebuilt a lot of stuff, added some stuff. But yeah. when it worked, it worked really well. When it didn't work, the audio sync would be off, and the editing yeah. process became more time consuming than it should be. Makes so sense. that's that's why we kind of we we dropped from that and switched to Teams because Teams records everything warts and all. Um, <laughs> which is actually kind of easier to, to work with in post-production. I sure. do wish there was a way to isolate the different um, channels. Like, 
like Zencaster did, because when we recorded Rupesh, his audio was a little wonky at times. Yeah. And when it's all kind of mished together, there's only but so much I can do. Right. Um, but again, we, we, we tend to optimize for speed and quality. Right. So when it kind of when you mess with that formula that messes with the um oh here we go i can say this it with the um the um the schedule yes so i can say all i want now and i don't have to worry about our clean ratings from itunes because they don't like it when i say I love that. So I also have a stream deck now. So I have the stream deck now where I can press a button and it does that. So there was actually a, like a flash sale on Amazon. Because I have a stream deck, but God only knows where it is. I've been looking for it for about two months it's now. It's in one of the boxes. One of the boxes. So, yes. but, um, but, but, you know, enough chit-chat and such. Yes. Um, I want to thank the listeners, first of all, for making Season 6 already a success. The ratings are still stellar. Like, it's like we... We didn't take an unplanned hiatus. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for sticking with us. And if you're watching live, thank you for that too. Um, but uh, I'm going to talk about some of the interesting things that we um, we discussed when we had um, oops, uh, Justin on the show, Justin Harrison. So if you haven't listened yeah. to show 302, you know, spoiler alert, I guess, um, we had an interesting conversation. This was one of those things where I got a lot of feedback on it, like just the concept of the idea. And yeah. it kind of, you know, one person said, you know, hey, you know, this is, this is really creepy and, you know, it could take advantage of the, uh, of, of the people who are vulnerable because of grief. Um, although I can see that happening. I, Justin made me, I wouldn't say a believer, but definitely not as skeptical. I was very much on the leading more towards this is kind of awful to talking to him. I'm on the fence slightly on the other side saying this, this is interesting, has potential, yeah. potential for good and potential for harm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's similar, a great guy. I had a similar reaction. Yeah. I had a similar reaction. He, he moved the needle uh, for yeah. me on this as well. Not, I don't, it's, it's hard to compare, you know, how we both felt about it, but I think we were pretty close in our assessment. And that came out of a, a thing we talked about. I think it was an article we read or something a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I, I was did that. Yeah. doing some digging through the, the data driven archives, which, um, did we talk about it on data? We, we, we have this, not, not exactly. So I did a data point actually, um, That's five it. years ago. Uh, almost to the day. Wow. Crazy. Right. Almost yeah. to the day. It was mid August. And it was basically, I saw a, a uh, story on Wired where this guy had captured um, his dad's communications. And I guess as he died, he, as the dad knew he was going to die, so he kind of captured his voice and stuff like that. And he, he's able to talk to his dad. Right. And there's another story about a lady uh, who is uh, who's the CEO and founder of a company called Replica. And it's um, their tagline is the AI app that becomes you. Hmm. Um, and it's it's very interesting how this has kind of come up again because um, saw this story literally like right after we recorded with Justin, hmm. and um, it was basically I I with Elon Musk you never know what's true and what's hype and what's kind of true versus yeah. what's aspirational. But um, this came across, so this, this isn't the exact source of the story. Yes. Um, but it's a similar story where he basically said, someone asked him, um, you know, if you could upload your brain to the cloud and talk to a virtual version of yourself, would you be buddies? And Elon Musk re responded, already did it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an interesting idea because I was thinking about this and, you know, uh, as, I, as I drive the kid to and from camp or just driving around doing errands, I tend to, to have these deep thoughts, which I think would surprise people that I have deep thoughts. Um, but I think it it's an interesting me. notion. <laughs> well, thank you. 
what was interesting is is that the um, the notion of so, so I, I think we were talking about this in the after show in the after green room with Justin, where like I you know I took a picture of the kids or something like that or or when my youngest picked up his grandfather's guitar, I was going to text my mom and send her a picture, and I realized oh I can't you yeah. know. And it's, I think it's just a natural thing of grief. Like, with my dad, like, I know, like, it's been 13, 14 years. Right. Like, I, you know, but with my mom, it's been, I mean, less than a year. Right. And, you know, and that got me thinking, like, well, I guess I could have done a chatbot version of her. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that would help me. Like, I can just imagine. Like, we, do, we have these imaginary conversations, you know, what would your grandfather say about that? You know what I mean? I think, I think what, he, what Justin creates electronically, I think we kind of do in our imagination anyway. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there on it, on it Frank. And it was, I, I remember going through, it's almost like that first year of after someone has passed. Right. And went through that with my dad, went through that with my brother, and it's just... It, it moments like that. I had that very same thing happen. Um, all of us brush call each other. We all have children. We're all dads. We say, you know, happy Father's Day on Father's Day. And, right. uh, you know, if not a call, then a text. And I picked up my phone and I actually, you know, I went to Glenn's, uh, my last chat with him and I was getting ready to tell him happy Father's Day. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. And yeah. it kind of went in. It, it, please, uh, if you're interested in this, if you know, go listen to the show with Justin. I think it was a good show, regardless. And even if you walk away from it going, you know, never, I don't ever want to do that. That's maybe the show will help you with that. But that was, you know, one part of it was, uh, and part of that conversation was, you know, what's the impact of this on the grief cycle? Specifically, does it help or does it kind of interrupt? And it was a good, yeah. I thought that was a good part of the conversation. It really was. And he was honest. Like he wasn't, he wasn't he was. BSing us, right? He wasn't bull**ing us. Um, <laughs> for the record, I didn't even say the word. Like if you're watching the video, I didn't even say the He's word. He's just pushing the button, folks. And just pushing the button because I have a shiny new toy. Uh, but in all seriousness, like he didn't BS us. Like he, he was like, this is, like, he's like, you know, this may not be for everyone. Right. You know, I, 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 I respect that because, you know, I, I, when you hear his story and why he's building it, what it means to him, it makes sense. And I think for some people, yep. I think it could be very therapeutic. Yep. I, I don't think we know enough. There's not enough data yet. Right. It takes X number of years right. to get X number of years of data. Uh, and I don't think we have that yet. Now, arguably, um, uh, the founder of Replica which they're actually in the news again uh, of okay. late too, which is kind of interesting, the timing of all this. Yeah, it is um, um, let's see if I can make this window bigger. Um, they're back in the news. And, uh, and I think a lot of this is probably prompted by uh, what happened at Google with their Lambda chatbot. Right. Where the guy said it was sentient. And I think... I think the, the, the notion of this comes up again. So um, yeah. they think their customers um, think that it's sentient. It's very easy. Uh, yeah, that's her name, Eugenia Koida. Uh okay. If you're watching, Eugenia, uh, Eugenia, I'm butchering your name, one, two. We'd love to have you on the show. Uh, but, but she had done something. She had done something similar uh, to what Justin's doing. Uh, a little earlier, and I don't know. I know they. You know, there's. I don't know if they're competitors. I don't. I, you know. I don't know if they do different things. But she had uh, someone, a friend of hers, had died, and she kind of took all the text correspondence and made a chatbot that trained based on that. And yeah. I mean, it seemed like for her it was therapeutic. Uh, but what's interesting is a lot of her their customers seem they think that they're talking to a conscious entity. Yeah, and, you know, that also came up. I keep referring back to the show, but it did come up in the show. Right. And along with the Google uh, the Google engineer who thought uh, that the AI went you. And, well, and I, I love the way the conversation just, by the way, we don't rehearse. 
No, that takes planning. That hate that takes yeah. too much planning. That's Just the fact that we can though. organize three people's schedules is is enough, enough on top of everything us. else. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, a lot of a lot of kind of the dyna- dynamics that that grew out of that very organically were, okay, if you could make an AI, and I think we were talking about the Google AI at that point. If you could make an AI think like a human, if that was possible, and it may be one day. It's like, why would you do that? And, you know, that was that was one thing. And we had some good back and forth on, on it. Oh, we I had great back and forth. Asked. That that was yeah. the most mind-expanding show we've had in a long time, I would it, say. Definitely not taking anything away from No, our, no, our no. But awesome like, guess, you know. But yes. Yes, it How was, often do you get to ponder? It was very philosophical. And I, yeah. I love that stuff. And, and it was yeah. um, it was fascinating because, you know, if he, he go and he, apparently he, he's heard these objections before because he knows he can say verbatim what the what the dictionary says about consciousness or sentience or self awareness, right. right? And it get we got down to the point where you know technically any computer that's connected to a network knows that it exists and it's part of a much right. larger whole. In a sense, that's sentient. In a sense, the microwave that I bought from Walmart. <laughs> Also, depending on your definition of sentience, is sentient, and it's not a fancy one, right? It's like the basic, you know, model, because uh, we Very broke the, the one in the new house. Not having a good couple of weeks with the uh, home appliances here. My Keurig broke this morning, and I like without without Keurig machines. I know co- coffee um, fashionistas will balk at this. I'll get hate mail for that, but there's nothing simpler than first thing in the morning. Put cup in, press button. You have coffee. Doesn't have to taste I, good. Know, just I can't has to argue get the motor that. running. Just have to get the motor running. At all. I have. So, to, um, I, I use a French press, by the way. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm snooty when it comes for a guy with that sounds like I did, right? I'm pretty <laughs> snooty when it comes to coffee. But um, yeah, that is a that's a bad run, Frank. I um, I'm sorry to hear you've got two devices down, and one of them is. The, the coffee machine is definitely more important than the microwave. Ooh, so. that's a close one. I would say, I would say, if, if, if bad things come in threes, uh, as long as the HVAC holds out, that's all I okay. care about. Everything else can I, fail, I but the HVAC there. has to stick around. Although, not the computers, though. But, but um, you know, going turning back to the show just for a minute with Justin, the um, I think I'm the one who raised that objection because I've always thought that way. It's like, why would and, and I don't mean anything against people. It's like we're different things and we're good at different things. Why would you want to make you, you're basically trying to make a computer um, do something that it's inherently bad at. And at the same time, you're taking it away from doing a job that it's really good at. And we're not good at right. Doing very repetitive binary, you know, computations and stuff. So. It, it, I mean, it's an interesting. It's an interesting philosophical debate because then, what's a person? Yeah. Like, what what is consciousness? What is sentience? And we get into this whole rabbit hole there, yeah. which is an awesome rabbit hole to go down, right? Like, I mean, dolphins yeah. have bigger brains than us. Elephants have bigger brains than us. If brain, right. if consciousness, sentience, or whatever makes humans unique, is based on brain size, well, we're kind of third in line third maybe fourth in line in the animal kingdom so true what is that what makes us spe- one of the things that blew my mind was he's like well they may very well be just like us in the sense of being intelligent and self-aware granted those true. terms are very nebulous but they're kind of stuck in a hunter-gathering phase like humans were for a number of years true and true. I, that blew my mind it was like i mean that makes sense right and you know so what you know Guns, Germs, and Steel, awesome book, by the way. Great book, yeah. Um, talks about the difference, you know, that there's a kind of the spark that gets people away from um, the hunter-gatherer society, society and then helps them build guns and germs and steel. It's, it's a fascinating read, but, but it, I mean, wouldn't that be fascinating that, that these animals are kind of stuck for reasons large and small in kind of the hunter-gathering phase? It's fascinating. Definitely, definitely is. And, um, yeah, go, I, I'd encourage you to, you know, watch the show, but if you get into it a few minutes and you go, yep, this isn't for me, then turn it off. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, you know, even if it's not for you, 
Yeah. Because I think I think it was helpful that you and I were both a little skeptic of the idea, skeptical of the idea. True. True. And like he he kind of, I wouldn't say he made me a believer, but he made me less of a skeptic. You know, I think for yeah. some people this could help them. This could help people um, kind of process that. And I think one of the one of the interesting ideas. This is what blew my mind when 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 uh, I saw the story about uh, Elon Musk. Is you know one of the things that came up was well, what if we took what if we got the greatest minds in history, and somehow managed to do a virtual version of them, yeah. and have them talk with each other. What would that be like? You know, and it was like that uh, in in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, Data, one of the characters, would have a poker game with uh, Isaac Newton, uh, Stephen Hawking, Einstein. and Einstein. Yeah, and that would be a cool table to be at. You know, <laughs> or just, I mean, stand just for the you know, fly on the wall. Right, just just <laughs> you like know? you know, fly on the wall or whatever. Um, which <laughs> it'd be interesting to have that. You know, what would they talk about? You know, uh, and again, you know, because of reasons like you know. We wouldn't know. We only know what was been preserved by history, right? We right. don't know what their innermost thoughts are and, and stuff like that. So it wouldn't be a pure copy, but it would be an interesting thing to kind of see happen. But it's also interesting that Elon Musk has a copy of himself and he talks to it. Now, most people talk to themselves, whether they vocalize it or kind of think about, you know, hmm, should I do that? Should I do that? You right. know, should I get the extra large taco or just the small taco? You know, that sort of thing. Um, or you know, like me today, should I get? Should I try to fix this Keurig, or should I get a new one? Yeah. So, well, you know, everything is figure outable, Frank. Everything is figure outable. Also, That's an awesome book. To a book, yeah. Um, you know, kind of, kind of thinking along these lines. I've had a couple of references pop into my head about books, and um, I don't know if the one series is on Audible or not, but the so. You and I are huge fans of the expanse, and I got a mm-hmm. shout out to you, Frank, for sending me mm. the uh, the Rosinante uh, for my birthday. It's a little fold up Rosinante thing, awesome. I don't have it put together yet, that's me being a slacker. Um, we're huge fans of the expanse. In fact, I learned just last week that Frank's computers are all named after ships from the Rosinante, and I wonder. If I, I'm going to butcher this name, but the Weeping Sonambulist? I don't have that one. I don't have that one. Gosh, so the, right, I'm going to beat the, you to it. The, the, <laughs> big, the big rig with the six monitors, that's Behemoth. Because um, uh, Rasinante is my laptop, my personal nice. laptop. Um, I have Doniger. Nice. And I have... Um, if I do get a new laptop, because my current laptop is, it's failing for reasons. This this is probably going to be the third thing to fail, honestly. Just this because one with the bad joints, the solder joints. Yeah, the bad solder joints. So so, uh, turns out that um, the factory. And this is a known problem with Lenovo P51s, mm. um, but there was a there was a backup way to put another hard drive in. So that's what I did. But I think there's something wrong with the power switch now. So I have to charge it. Fortunately, it charges through USB, USB-C, okay. so the, the, the native PowerPoint is gone. And then when I, I, I was somewhere, I was out getting the tires fixed or something like that, and I picked up the laptop by the side, and the whole thing blue screen. And then oh. I, did it, I did it again, and it blue screened again. I was like, oh, so um, Razorback. Like yeah, it's probably more solder joints. Um, uh, I hesitate to get another Lenovo, although uh, I didn't pay for the laptop. So it's a, uh, it was a cast okay. off from somebody else. Yeah, I okay. didn't, I didn't That's steal nice. it or anything. I didn't do anything Jersey like, but um, <laughs> uh, so so uh, the next one will probably be Razorback and then Whipping Sonambulus. Okay, but this is a, I'm awesome. talking to you now today. If you're watching the stream, you notice I'm in a different angle. I'm talking now from uh, Anubis, which um, was one of the stealth ships, and it's got one of those funky kind of. It's a game. It's a gamer rig. Because uh, I don't play games, but gamer rigs are perfect for video editing and stuff. It's got the weird kind of stealth shape, stealth ship shape. So we, um, all of us, I think, follow the authors uh, on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter hardly any compared to what I used to be. And um, but my son Stevie, he's on there a lot. He's also an Expanse fan, and he pointed out to me a, a tweet exchange that happened. Gosh, I don't know. Probably Is this the NASA ago. thing. 
Uh, no, this was, they were accused of ripping off, I think it was Larry Niven. And um, they, with the end space piece. Okay. And, uh, and Niven did Ring World, um, among other things. Um, and Steve, uh, the, one of the authors responded and said, no, we're ripping off Frederick Pohl, which is who he ripped off. So we're all stealing from the same guy. And I've never heard of Frederick Pohl before. Is this so, the, the, the destination is our stars or stars are destination? I, I don't, I think he did. He may have done that. I'm not positive that he did the Heechee saga. Oh, and wow. this was like in the sixties, I want to say maybe the yeah, early seventies. That sounds about right. Yeah. And it was like pivot. And it's, if you, you can get, I mean, the guy wasn't wrong. They were ripping off Frederick Pohl um, with a lot of the ideas from the expanse. And I'm about halfway through the last of a series of four. Um, audiobooks. I just I got distracted because it's all your fault. You sent me the new Uncle G, Grant Cardone, um, audiobook only, I think, at Audible that he did, the 10X Mentor. So there was that. Um, that and it's some interesting AI things in there, especially specifically about storing consciousness and not just of humans. So that was that that piece that was in there. And then um I've been reading a series of books and it's still you're my like you're my source Frank for all of my books. Give me this email and it had at the bottom it had an ad for a bunch of books. And it turned out that um I had been buying coffee from the authors of the books for months. I I, I drink Black Rifle Coffee Company. Oh, very uh, cool. Coffee. And you sent me a thing from them because you knew I was just starting to drink their coffee. I love their coffee. And um, I dress black. That's the coffee I get. And it turns out that the owners of that company, um, a lot of, and a lot of people that work there are um, kind of of a community. I, I don't want to say too much about it, but one's a former Green Beret. And, um, it, and now he's, I think he's one of the leaders. He's definitely one of the founders uh, of that. But they also wrote a series of books about um, how things could go sideways um, in the U.S. specifically. Mm -hmm. And it's called Black Autumn. Um, and they wrote the way they wrote the books. I admire a lot. They wrote the first four or five, I think, about the first 17 days of, you know, just a series of fortunate events causing uh, bad things to happen in the U.S. And then they... Then they wrote another set of books. I want to say four of those that are about like the next couple of months. And they're from different perspectives. There's pockets all over. They're, and they're going. And then the last one, which I'm almost finished with, is they went out and got a bunch of other authors to write fiction, some for the very first time, pretty good writing oh, all, cool. all the way around. And they did little other little snippets. So they're, they're building it. Some of them have already written post-apocalyptic. Uh, fiction. They got experienced authors and then some for, who wrote for the very first time. Um, you know, it's not going to knock your socks off if you uh, don't enjoy post-apocalyptic fiction. I go through spells. I read all kinds of books. You know me, Frank. I, and I read, you know, all, all over. And I hadn't read any post-apocalyptic stuff in a couple of years. And when I saw that... Aside note, from the news. Aside from the news. That's, all, <laughs> that's me. The <laughs> but not untrue. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you may be on to something there. Um, but I went and read them, and I saw that it was they were on sale for like 30 bucks, I think, for the first nine books. Crazy. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And it was a, you know, it was, it just, it struck me, and I was like, yeah, I think I'll go read those. And it took me a couple of months to read them with a little bit of time I had to read. Good books. One of the, I don't want to blow the plot, but one of them is about AI. And in that, portion of the book it's like book number seven or eight out of the nine in that bit of the book they talk about the um reinforce the airplanes where the bullet holes are not you remember that story yes that was from yeah. world war ii right yeah and it, it came from uh from that piece and it's uh an extrapolation of that into i think that book was written around 2019 or so mm -hmm. and I don't want to blow everything, but I do. I thought I found this fascinating. Um, the numbers that they were getting on the likelihood were around 10% or less. Hmm. And when the data scientists explained it, 
she said, um, the, you count on, this was kind of that same sort of logic, whether the bullet holes or not. You count on the machine not being able to predict the future. But if you run the numbers a trillion, trillion times, you get all of these hits, which are really misses. But you, you're almost looking for it. You're counting on the fact it can't guess the future, can't predict the future. So you look at the gaps. And those are the things you end up assigning these probabilities that may crack 10%. That most of them don't. And it ends up predicting the future. It counts on the fact that the future is unpredictable. That was a wild idea, I thought. I'm almost positive the authors didn't think it up, but I'd never heard that proposed before. And I wanted to ask you if you had. Have you ever heard that idea apply? So the most fascinating thing I heard was, do you remember the movie War Games? Yes. I remember watching that as a kid. And one of the things that fascinated me about that was Whopper. Yeah. War Operations something i forget what the acronym was but it was basically yeah. there was a throwaway line in there and ultimately that was joshua who was kind of the antagonist of the movie yeah um he um spoiler alert but i mean honestly <laughs> 25 40 years later um <laughs> uh the there was a line in there that were where they basically said whopper's job was to run constantly simulations of nuclear war so that it can prepare, you know, they can kind of prepare for any type of thing. And, like, you know, it turns out it was doing tens of thousands of simulations. And, yeah. you know, I think, I think that's analogous to how athletes practice, right? They don't practice yeah. because, well, you know, but the more practice you do is that when something happens, your muscle memory or you, you, you kind of automatically can respond to it. And I think it's kind of the same thing. It's not exactly – I mean, I haven't read the, the – the books that uh, you're talking about, yes. but I mean, I imagine it's, it's a similar thing where if you run enough simulations, one of the, you know, you'll probably see a, a pattern emerge and then one of say the top three to five patterns will end up happening. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, there's always yeah, definitely, cases, right? Definitely an interesting uh, read. And I'm, I saw you pop up the link to the data driven book. Um, yes. Let me I want to, I want to pop over here real quick while you're doing that and make see sure it still if, works. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I should do that. Shouldn't I be data driven book.com. Let's see if that still works because you know, it's a company that does the hosting and the redirects for me has been known to, I don't know, adjust things. Well, I think, with, I uh, think, I think when work. we started this, we could, when we started this, the HTTPS was not a requirement. Yeah, that's and true. And when a lot of those things switched over, there were a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems with Frank's World and some problems with data-driven TV um, yeah. and that sort of thing. But um, So it's on which, Audible. It's on Audible. Black, uh, Black Autumn is the first. It's book one. It looks like it goes through all of them. Nice. Uh, Jeff, uh, so Jeff Kirkham and Jason Ross, who are either the founders or two of the founders of black black rifle coffee company they're um which if you you know if you like strong coffee it's it's good it's not death wish i did that for a while and then i'll never forget the look on my doctor's face when he said your blood pressure's risen like 30 points in the last quarter have you changed anything and i said yeah i started drinking this other coffee <laughs> i said what's it called the death wish and that look was like Serious. Like you've heard this before. Yeah. Anyway. When uh, when when I had it working. Go ahead. When I had a, a uh, I got a deal on Amazon mods coffee. Yeah. It's actually pretty good, and I get the variety pack. It's actually pretty good. Nice. Um, French roast from the coast, really good. The Kona coffee. Nice. Um, I'm more. I'm still in mourning for my uh, Keurig machine. Yeah. It'd be cool if I had a chat bot on my Keurig. <laughs> <laughs> or is that too soon? I don't know. See, that would that would be bad because it'd be like, oh, hey, by the way, how about a nice, you know, hot cup of like, you know, French roast from the coast? Oh, wait, I'm broken. You can't like. See, that's kind of the thing. Like, <laughs> like I, I had a picture of my boys this past weekend, and and um, I wanted to send to my mom, mm. but I couldn't. 
you know, and it was like, and I, and I thought about this, like, well, I could send it to a bot, but I know what the bot is going to see that, and I could probably train it, like, these are the grandkids, and it would say, oh, there's my grandkids, like, you know, like, it's kind of like, is that a function of that we're engineers, we know what happens behind the curtain, or, you know, would, would quote, unquote, a normie, like, be okay with that? I don't know. Yeah, like, I, don't I really either. don't know, and I'd be, I'd be curious to, to, to what the listeners think. I, one guy who's uh, one of my wife's college friends, he had, he had the most colorful take of all, and I'll read it. I won't reveal his identity, but um, oh, and I, at least I found the story about Elon Musk, at least. So let me paste That's that cool over story. here. Um, it's I'd another like to know story. More. Um, age not found. Okay, I'll find it. Bear with me. All right. Uh, bear with me. All right. Oh, yeah. So this is what he said. I sent him a, kind of a, a thing about this. And this is basically what I said was uh, I sent him a link to it because we were talking at a at a kid's birthday party this weekend. And he's like, oh, like, you know, I said, oh, we're now. He goes, how's the podcast? I'm like, oh, we're in season six. He goes, whoa, it's been that long. And I was like, yeah, the latest show that was going to go out that night, you know, was about post posthumous communication. And he looked at me like, what? And I was like, basically a chat bot. Um, yeah. You know, that kind of does this. And, and I described it, and he goes, and he's a guy that does not mince words, right? Like, <laughs> not at all. And he goes, I call BS. You, you, I get that you can capture a conversational style. It's just algorithms, but no way it's the same person. And worse, it might cause harm. Um, I think conversational AI has a lot of interesting applications, but not this one. Yeah, you know, but he goes this. This could be some bizarre exploitation of sad people, and I know Alexa is doing something similar, but that's just awful too. So it's interesting. Sure. Kind of he he he's a pessimistic kind of guy. He's very skeptical. So if, sure. I would be shocked if he had anything but that to say. But I can totally see where he's coming from that this could be exploited. You know. Yeah, and I I think. Um... I know for a fact I challenged him two or three times, and they're probably mm-hmm. as much as I've challenged any of our guests. Um, just just because you know he's he's there, I want to see how he reacted. And I'll say I'll say this: he res- he didn't react; he responded, which I totally admire. And I wasn't poking at him to be controversial or adversarial, but I also wasn't holding any adversarial <laughs> any adversary back, and. He got it. He picked up on it. And his background, I think, is psychology. So uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he was I mean, able he, to read the room, you know, <laughs> he, he's a smart guy. And I, I think he really yeah. is sincere about his mission. And his mission is to alleviate suffering related to grief. Right. And I oh, think him. that's very noble. Hmm? Yeah, we, we do. We it is very nice. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, I but think we it's very still noble. owe him a. We need we us on his podcast. He has a podcast. Yes, he wants that's right. To come on his podcast, and we need that. To reminds me, I need to do that. <laughs> it's all good, but no, I mean, I think yeah, it's we'll interesting because because it. it's like, like I understand where he's going with that, but I'm not sure where that'll end up. Like, uh, I like the idea. I like the idea that he wants to alleviate suffering from this, but but there was a Buddhist, I. I heard a Buddhist story shortly so shortly after my dad died this is a while ago and it was um this lady comes up to the Buddha and, and says something to the effect of hey you know can you bring my dead husband back to life and he just looked there's like no I, I can't do that and then she ended up stalking him I'm, I'm paraphrasing the story so if you're a devout sure, Buddhist sure. sorry uh, I read this story in Vancouver in a Vancouver hotel room 14 years ago so Details may be a bit fuzzy, uh, but because they had copies of the Bible and some Buddhist text there. And um, so there was this thing where, you know, eventually she bugged him so much. He goes, all right, tell you what, I'll bring him back to life. But you have to bring me three grains of bread or three, three, three crumbs of bread from three different houses. uh, One crumb of bread from each house from three houses that have never have been affected or touched by death in any way. So she runs off, goes, apparently annoys the first people in the house. And then as she's about to knock on the second house, 
she kind of realized how foolish it was, and she went back and apologized. And the message mm. is that death is kind of just part of life. And, yeah. and for me, who was pretty hard in the grieving process when I read that, I yeah. found peace in it. Like, more of a stoic kind of peace. Like, you just have to, right. it, it sucks, but you have to move on. Yeah. I don't, that's, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm with you there too. The, um, and I, I think that actually came up as well. We were talking about how time, right. know, the old adage is time heals all wounds. And it's like, yeah, not really. But with time, yeah, but as get I get older, practice. as but, I get older, healing is a different thing. <laughs> you know, and I think I that's separate, where we ended up. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I separated my shoulder when I was like 18 mm-hmm. um, and it never bothered me again until like 10 years ago Then it bothered me. And then it's never really not stopped bothering me since I've re-injured it. So healing, <laughs> healing is a different type of, you know, it's like that thing where you'll always have that little bit of ache. Right. It doesn't prevent you from doing anything necessarily, right. but you're never going to, you know, I'll never pitch a fastball again. Right, right. Which is okay because I never did it before. But I, you get the analogy. Is that I do. You, your your knee, like you know, sometimes my, you know, I had knee surgery ten years ago, and you know that bothered me. It took about five years for that to heal. I would imagine that if I do something stupid again, that um, that will it won't ever really because the doctor said never really truly healed, but healed well enough. Gotcha. I don't know. That's just my musing on it. But yeah, you're right because time doesn't heal everything. Right, and and you get less grow, worse. Yes, that's and that's a, a great way to describe it. Um, so wow, uh, we covered an awful lot here. Yeah, here's that story, the original story I found. Okay, yeah, there's Elon. Uh, he confirms he already uploaded. He speaks to himself. I I think it's interesting that that. Whether you love, hate, or despise him or adore yeah. him, uh, it's an interesting thing. Like, why would he do this? Was this just kind of him, let's try this and see what happens? Like, if I had a buy based on myself, would I gain any kind of extra insight? And I think we, uh, we, uh, that's kind of a digital version of the analog thing we already do when we have these conversations with ourselves. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what value yeah, that has. I don't. I, I don't know either, and I'm right with you on value. Um, if I had more time, I might tinker with that idea, but these days, and I, I said this to a customer earlier today, I'm like, look, I got a list with dozens of things on it. I work on the top three. <laughs> you know, if you're not in the top three, I so no, love I, you, mean I it. I totally get it. Yeah. Well, anyway, I great, totally get it. great communication, great chat. Um, yeah, sorry to sorry to go on the, the different tangents, but I highly no, recommend you have a listen awesome. to the show. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite part of the show? I don't remember, and that's because I've done so. It's fallen way off the list. We did it. Um, I do look forward to to being on his podcast, though. I would yeah. uh, I would imagine that um, he wants to challenge me back. I challenged him a couple of three times. I and. I think it's fair. I look forward to it. Um, well, this is this is very heady stuff. You're like you know, we're dealing with yeah. the idea of consciousness, and mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and it gets into this whole thing. How do you quantify that, right? And this gets into the we talked about um, was it Blake Lemoyne or Lemoyne Blake? I forget which is his first name, which is his last name, but the Google engineer that that um, claimed he was talking to a sentient bot, and right, you know, part of that is is that. I think that's how we got the dolphins, <laughs> right? Because it was like, you know, the Turing test is basically biased towards humans because we're communicative creatures. We use language or at least verbal language or yeah. written language, whereas other species may not, you know? Um, right. I don't know. Like, I think, I think the Turing test is incomplete for depending on what your definition of consciousness is or awareness or yeah. intelligence. I mean, it was the intent is still valid, uh, very valid. And um, the original question in, in the context of the day was mind boggling. It um, was. And I think 
I think we've already been able to do that. We talked about Eliza yep. uh, a little bit. And, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, if, if you had a good enough NLP engine to turn the inflections and accents and pauses, uh, you know, out of Eliza into spoken language, yeah, <laughs> it could pass the, you know, it could pass the Turing test. So, um, and then there's been a lot of NLP type stuff uh, the past few years. I'd say 2018, 2019 is when it kind of started picking up again. And I don't know, you know, I don't know that, um, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing in and of itself, NLP. Um, like everything though, it can be put to nefarious purposes and it can be, you know, designed to wound as much as help. So, right. you know, these days it's, um, it's kind of, it's, it's always a risk. You always run that. It's always been a risk. Humans, humans are a great job of weaponizing technology. <laughs> like that's kind of what we do. First, we discover meanwhile, fire, then we burn down true. people's villages with it. Like <laughs> it's kind of. Meanwhile, like, you and I are 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 weaponizing our faults and weaknesses. Works, man. It works. Weaponize that OCD. That's what I say. That's or it. ADD. Well, cool. Um, uh, we've been going on for almost an hour, and um, wow, doesn't seem like. Um, we like we we notice there's a nice sweet spot of 45 minutes to an hour and change for the sure. for the show. But uh, this um, we'll let Bailey finish the show. But I want to do a quick promo for Quantum Beltway. It's this new idea I have. It's related to quantum computing, and since I live in the DC area. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to, to, to have a, a forum or some kind of way for technologists, policymakers, and engineers to kind of share that idea. If you go to quantumbeltway.com, uh, you can check that out. Uh, it's a free LinkedIn group. Maybe we'll grow it into something else. But here's a little video I made. All right. Cool. I was hoping it would do the, take over the full screen, but it didn't. But... <laughs> Physical, and we actually have a shirt with that symbol on it, that logo on it. So, in the I store, have one in the store. So, uh, that's all I got. Um, thanks for listening. And um, any any last thoughts, parting thoughts? No, I just I can't believe we're in season six. And Crazy, so right? appreciate our audience. The next one is awesome. It's with Kristen Kerr. Um, who is a bona fide statistician who found her way into data science. Nice. Kind of the reverse of the way we did, where we started as coders and then into data. She started as a mathematician and got into coding. And we had a pretty good installation. You couldn't make it, but, um, make it. you know, but that's okay. Yep. All right. Good awesome. Trip. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>